Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here, and you're listening to the CFI podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. favorite checkride, as weird as this is going to sound, it was probably the CFI checkride. Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you are listening to just that, the CFI Certificated Flight Instructor Podcast. I'm weird about that. It's, it is certificated. So you'll say certified flight instructor. It is certificated flight instructor. If you really want to get technical, I don't think that's going to be on your CFI checkride, though, so don't sweat it. Today I'm bringing you a three actual CFI level mock checkride questions. Before I do that though, I want to explain. You have to know and understand that the CFI checkride, it's like two checkrides in one. They might say, Jason, teach me steep turns at the private pilot level. And you do that. They say, great. Now Jason, teach me the same steep turns, but at a commercial pilot level to a type A personality or to a someone who's more introverted, whatever that may be. Um, a CFI checkride is is two checkrides in one and sometimes even more than that. And by the way, please make sure my CFI checkride was two days um, and, and not because of any, any failures or anything like that. It was simply the oral exam sitting down on the ground took the better part of a day. It was four or five hours or so. By then you are just spent. You call it a day, come back the next day and actually do the flying. There are some crazy people that can do a CFI check ride all in uh, in one day and kudos to them. It is a tough thing to do. Also, I'll be the first to tell you that a CFI check ride has the highest failure rate of any check ride. Many, many years ago, I, I, if there's a DPE listening, confirm this stat for me uh, or anybody who may know better, but many, many years ago, someone told me that there was an 80% failure, first time failure rate on CFI check rides. And honestly, I absolutely believe it. Because you have to know everything. You are now the educator, you are now the teacher, you cannot afford to give misinformation. Um, it is a very difficult check ride, but my goodness, it's probably one of the most rewarding things uh, you will ever do for sure. Anyways, let's dive into it here. I have. Um, three, maybe some more, we'll turn them into uh, actual CFI level questions. And what I'm more after, it's not the questions, like the first questions about the hazardous attitudes and name them. Okay, well, we can do that at the private pilot level. Name and explain them and give me their antidotes as well. Those kind of things. So let's, let's dive into it. Name the five hazardous attitudes that can affect the decision-making process of the pilot. Let's start with, can we name them? Okay. We know they're uh, anti-authority, okay? And what's my, uh, my anti-authority antidote, right? My antidote, well, let, let's go back. Let, let's cover them all here first. My hazardous attitudes, anti-authority, impulsivity, invulnerability, macho resignation. Anti-authority, don't tell me what to do. The rules don't apply to me. It's no, it's no big deal. The antidote? follow the rules, they're probably correct. Impulsivity, I, I, just do something quick. I don't care what you do, just do something now. Right, wrong, indifferent, it doesn't matter, just do something now. Impulsivity, the antidote, think first, not so fast, slow down. Invulnerability, that can't happen to me. 
Uh, accidents only happen on the news. There is no way, I see those videos on Facebook and YouTube, that's where accidents happen. There's no way an accident would ever happen to me. The antidote, absolutely, it could happen to you. And with an attitude like that, it's likely to happen to you. Next is macho. Uh, macho activities usually start with the phrase, watch this. That's how a macho activity normally uh, kind of starts out there. You're, you're the showy pilot. There's a lot of ego involved. By the way, macho is, is not uh, gender specific, by the way. Gentlemen, ladies, macho can apply to either gender. Um, the antidote, taking chances is foolish. And lastly, resignation. Resignation, what's the use? Why bother? Um, let, there's, I can't change anything. I always, when I teach this, use the example from Seinfeld of George Costanza, uh, who is the ultimate uh, you know, resignation character uh, in Seinfeld. What's the use? Why bother? I can't add any change. Um, the antidote, I can make a difference in this situation. So the five hazardous attitudes, anti-authority, don't tell me what to do, Antidote, follow the rules. Impulsivity, just do something quickly. The antidote, think first, not so fast. Invulnerability, that won't happen to me. Antidote, absolutely, it could happen to you. Macho, watch this. Antidote, taking chances is foolish. Resignation, eh, what's the use? The antidote, I can make a difference. Next, this is a tough one. Define risk management. Define risk management. Wow, that's that's such a broad topic, but absolutely they're gonna, you, your entire 40, 50, 60, 70 hours with your student is teaching risk management. You live risk management, right? So, how would we explain it? Here's the FAA definition of risk management, then we'll break it into plain English. Risk management is the identification analysis and elimination and or mitigation to an acceptable or tolerable level of those hazards as well as the subsequent risks that occur during flight. It's the logical process of potential cost of the risk versus the potential benefits of allowing those risks to continue. Risk management, like I said, you're gonna teach this from discovery flight to check ride and hopefully beyond with your students that you're continuing to work with here. When you're getting those texts of, hey, this is the METAR, let's check it out. And I used to always, if I knew it was a no-go day, I never wanted to tell my students, hey, today's a no-go. Unless I was sick or something like that, I would always wanted them to make the decision. So usually, before flight, I would send them the METAR. In case they didn't look it up on their own, I'd text them the METAR. And let them check it out, um, or I'd text them, hey, what do you think of the weather? And even on good days, just so they didn't get the, get the hint of, whenever it's a no-go, Jason asked me what I think of the weather. Even on good days, I'd send them the METAR, just so they didn't get in the habit of that. And I wanted them to make the go and no-go decision. And you know what? On days that the weather wasn't that great, it was too windy, and they said, yeah, it seems great. I would take them up once, just for a .5 type lesson, and let them get rocked around and realize how t difficult it is to land and let them get bumped around to learn that I don't fly on days like that. That's teaching risk management. You're teaching the acceptable levels of risk and gusting a 20 for a private pilot is not even close to an acceptable level of risk. Risk management, I would argue that we can read the FAA def definition all we want, but risk management is something I as the CFI live by example 
every single day. That's how I'd answer that question. Here's the next question. This one requires a, a bunch of notes, so get ready. Teach me a required pre-flight action, or what should I be doing before each and every flight? This is one of those regs in the far end. You should have highlighted, tabbed, dog-eared, whatever, whatever, however you um, save pages. 91103, pre-flight action. It reads as follows. Let me read it to you. Each pilot in command shall, before beginning a flight, become familiar with all available information concerning that flight. This information must include for a flight under IFR or a flight not in the vicinity of the airport, weather reports and forecasts, fuel requirements, alternates available if the planned flight cannot be completed, and any known traffic delays of which the pilot command has been advised by ATC. For any flight now, so the previous one, it's very interesting, for flight under IFR or a flight not in the vicinity of an airport, you need all those things. Subpart B says now for any flight, for any flight, runway lengths at airports of intended use and the following takeoff and landing distance information. For civil aircraft for which an approved aircraft, airplane, or rotorcraft flight manual containing takeoff and landing distance data is required. The takeoff and landing distance data contained therein and for civil aircraft other than those specified in subpart B, uh, I'm sorry, paragraph B, subpart one of this section, other reliable information appropriate to the aircraft related to the performance under the expected values of airport elevation, runway slope, aircraft gross weight, and wind and temperature. So that's the, that's the legal speak. How do we break this into plain English for our students? The answer is NW Craft or Northwest Craft and it's Craft with a K. NW Craft, so N-W-K-R-A-F-T. The N is for notums. I must become familiar with all notums. W is weather. Weather, uh, and not only in the vicinity of the airport, but outside the vicinity of the airport, forecasts related to this as well. The K is for my known ATC delays. I realize this is pertaining to IFR flight only, but any known ATC delays. The R is runway lengths for your departure airport and your destination. Now, I also want you to know those for your alternate airports as well, which brings us to the A in the acronym, which is alternates available. Alternates available, remember, paragraph A says, this is for flight under IFR or a flight not in the vicinity of an airport. You need weather reports, forecast fuel requirements, alternates available if the planned flight cannot be completed. So often we read alternates and go, oh, only an IFR. You don't have to worry about that till IFR we talk about alternates. I want you teaching, I'm getting off the mock check ride topic now and just teaching how to be a flight instructor. I want you teaching your students, even in the VFR environment, to please make sure that you're showing them alternates available, and they are planning for alternates, and they always have an alternate. You never know. You'd be flying into that class Delta Airport, you just left, you went to the practice area, you come back, and that one runway there is closed because there's a gear up, or, or someone had a bad crosswind landing, or whatever it may be, they're okay, but the runway's closed, and now you're going to another airport. You should always know where else you're going to go. F is our fuel requirements. How much fuel is required this flight? Yeah, per the regs. And then how much fuel is required for this flight just for you? 
You've heard me say it a million times, the one thing I never want to have to explain to a state trooper, the NTSB, or anybody is, why am I on the side of this road here when the trooper pulls up? That is not what I want to explain because I ran out of fuel. That is not an acceptable answer. And lastly, the T. We knew our runway lengths and distances, but the T is our takeoff and landing distances as it relates to our actual aircraft flight manual, our POH, um, that relates to that. As you can see, a CFI checkride, just about any question on the instrument questions are fair game, and even some of those end up being fair game. It's not enough just to know the rote memorization answer, to use FOI terms, right? We need to understand uh, and correlate our answers now. Really, we need to be able to explain them. I always say, I didn't become a good pilot until I became a CFI, because I use rote memorization so often that I wasn't taking the time to sit back and actually learn the content. And that's why I want you doing as a part of the CFI podcast. CFIs, um, thank you uh, for all that you do. Thank you uh, for just taking time to better yourself. That's outstanding. If there's more CFIs like you, the skies would be safer places. Thank you for sending our, your students um, our way. Just what a blessing that is to us. If there's anything, anything at all myself, this team can do for yourself, your students, your future students, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you.